Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode two of the Raptors Reasonless Podcast, brought to you by The Athletic Toronto, in part with Homestand Sports. We're coming to you live from the beautiful Homestand Sports Podcast studio today. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, joined, as I will be most weeks, uh, by Eric Green. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's, uh, it's uh, going like B, B minus. I don't know. All right, we're off to well, a high energy start. start. This is great. Well, I'm all, about, start. I'm all about the truth, as the people know. So uh, I, wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want to mislead them with platitudes and such. Would you mislead them with pandering all-star votes on your hypothetical ballot? Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but that's not misleading. Like, I could tell them who I would vote for if I did have a vote, which I didn't or don't. That's fine. That's not misleading. That does not go. From, do we know who from our group had a vote? Like Toronto, um, Toronto based. I'm not comfortable saying okay. that because some. I, I know Ryan Wolfstad of the Toronto Sun has made it very clear that he has had a. He does have a vote. So that is one person. Um, I'm honestly not sure who else got them. I could make guesses, but they'd be uninformed. Um, so uh, the Waz always uh, does what he thinks is best. Well, that's, there's something to be said for that, I guess. Yeah. But he will take this we're gonna talk seriously, about, is all I'm saying. Yeah, we're going to talk about your picks for the 2017 All-Star Game on a hypothetical ballot uh, for the Eastern Conference. We are also going to maybe, if we have time, you put out uh, a call for questions. If we get time, we're going to, so last week we kind of just uh, rifted and we said we'd figure out the format as we go. We're going to try to keep this thing each week to about 25 minutes. Uh, maybe sometime if there's something, you know, that's uh, requires some exceptional amount of reasonableizing, possibly around the trade deadline, uh, we will extend the, the episodes to maybe 50 minutes, uh, but we're going to try to keep them tight for the most part. Uh, so Eric, we might not get to the questions that you put out, although there are some good ones. Uh, Eric, I want to start first though, before we get into all-star stuff. Uh, player who's not an all-star, who some Raptors fans feel like could be an all-star one day with the proper opportunity. Uh, you spent a lot of time with them over the last little week, and you have uh, what should be a great feature coming at the Athletic Toronto on Wednesday on Norman Powell. Um, the last couple of years, you've done a, a week in the life of pieces. What can people expect from this one? And how do you, you know, what was what was it like talking to Norman Powell all that often? Well, it's funny because the first three I did were on uh, Quincy AC. Chuck Hayes and Gemma Malalela, the Raptors now assistant coach, who used to be the player development coach. And uh, they are, I mean, Hayes with his experience and then all three just with their natural personalities, they just, they're more open books. Like they're more forthcoming naturally. And I thought like the challenge of this one, like, and you've dealt with Norman Powell a lot. It's not like he won't talk to you or engage with you. But he's very serious and very focused. Uh, and I think that sort of has defined his personality here to, uh, for the start of his career at least. So I tried to get past that and it was difficult. <laughs> he's, uh, he is indeed all those things, but I think I got some, you know, some glimpses of the, humanity and the life outside of the court and he spends a crap load of time on the court uh so uh 
but I, I think I got through that a little bit and, and definitely some insight from some external parties, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, uh, uh, Malalela, who has a very close relationship, uh, with him. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it's gonna give you maybe, I hope it will give you a fuller picture of who this sort of Raptors cult hero is. I hope that's enough of a sell. It's very long, so, that's you a, know. That's a great sell. What I'm most looking forward to is, I'm, I'm the first thing I do when I open it is I'm going to control F and search the word grind and see how many times he said something motivates his grind or UTG, understand the grind. Um, did he I don't, use I don't, the word? It's not I don't think it's in there at all. Wow. Yeah, like I thought about using it sometimes, but I wanted to resist that urge because I think, it, like you say, like basketball players use that term a lot. And if I'm using it, it's sort of, I don't know, it starts to feel a bit PR-y to me. Um, but he did not, I, I don't recall him saying grind. He certainly talked about like his, you know, his work ethic and his whole ethos, which is to grind, as the nomenclature goes. But uh, I, I don't think he actually used that phrase. So uh, uh, I'm sorry to ruin your control F plans. That's, that's fine, man. I'll still read the piece, I guess. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned uh, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, people you spoke with for this story. Uh, those guys happen to lead into our next segment. Um, we are going to talk about all-star voting. Both Toronto Raptors guards are two-time all-stars looking for their third all-star appearance this year. Both have very, very good cases. Uh, perhaps one slightly stronger than the other, but looking up and down the Eastern Conference, um, it seems likely that both will get in. I guess before we get into your specific ballot and where you put them, whether it's starter, reserve, or wildcard, uh, do you see much of a chance that either Raptor or perhaps even both um, split some votes and are somehow not in New Orleans in the middle of February? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's, let's just assume that the fan vote stays as is and Wade is second and DeRozan is third. I think the players or I think the media would be, would tend to be, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because of the, you know, the specific type of media members, I think, who we interact with more often. I think media members would be more pro Lowry than pro DeRozan. So it's a chance that the media goes a bit heavier on Lowry and lighter on DeRozan. And then the players go a bit heavier, maybe on DeRozan than Lowry. And all that ends up with, Dwayne Wade getting in because everybody loves Dwayne Wade. Uh, so for, those, so, for those who don't know how the format works this year, um, the fan vote yeah. counts for 50%, but the fact that Kyrie Irving might win first by 500,000 votes or however many um, doesn't matter. All that matters is that he ranks one, DeRozan ranks three, Lowry ranks five. So then the media vote will count for 25%, and similarly, um, it will matter how they rank. And the player vote will count for 25%, it'll matter how they rank. So, um, you know, if Lowry ranks first among media and first among players and fifth among fans, then, you know, they'll weight that and everyone will get a weighted score. Um, so that's how you, that's the scenario Eric's kind of explaining where Lowry and DeRozan rank in different spots on the two 25% and it's not enough to bump them uh, up the 50%. Uh, but, you know, bigger picture than the coaches in the Eastern Conference would vote on the reserves. And Eric, you'd have to think both would still get in that way, right? Yeah, like, and the Eastern Conference is loaded with deserving guards. Uh, there's Irving, there's John Wall, 
there's Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker. There's Kemba Walker, but I think this is you know this is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean Boston's given them a run now. The second best team in the Eastern Conference, unquestionably run or uh, you know energized by these two guys uh, and. Sort of DeRozan had a historic November. Lowry had a historic December. And uh, I think there's a lot of respect for both of them with the coaches. And Kyle Lowry's been voted in as a starter um, the last two years by the fans. And the reason he wasn't the previous year voted in as a reserve, some could argue. I think that was the year that – was that the year seven-time All-Star – Joe Johnson beat out Lowry for the final spot. It may have been. That might have been the year. Pro- I can't remember. Uh, I think that's okay. what happened. Cause yeah. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. And Kyle Lowry, of course, came to Toronto with not the greatest reputation for getting along with coaches. And I think his work over the last three years and just the undeniability of what he has done uh, will no longer make that an issue. If it does, uh, they're pretty petty. But I, I, I'm not concerned that that will happen. I think, uh, I think you know, Kyle Lowry would be number one on my Eastern Conference guard ballot, uh, despite all the competition he has. Yeah, so, you, uh, you mentioned the six guards uh, in the East. Yeah. Um, I, 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 pulled, I put a table up on Twitter on Monday, uh, which was the last day for fans to vote, comparing the six guards that we mentioned, Larry DeRozan, Wall, Thomas, Irving, Walker. Um, and there are, you know, there are a number of ways you can look at the impact guys have. I know advanced stats aren't for everyone. If you look at some of the catch-alls that are out there, the wind shares, box plus minus, RPM, VORP, it kind of gets into a spot where Kyle Lowry is in his own tier within these guys, and then everyone else is kind of jumbled up. Uh, those metrics don't love DeMar DeRozan, but they also, I don't think, always do a great job accounting for um, the super high volume that DeRozan works under and, and how important, like how much that matters to Toronto and how much him no. and Lowry play off each other. Um, but Lowry is kind of in a tier of his own. He's basically graded out, you know, whatever advanced metric you want to pull. He's been a top five player in the NBA this year, right there with, you know, LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Giannis in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't, I, most people that I've seen, most people that I've seen who could conceivably have a media vote now or at some point in the future have Lowry starting. Um, I get the impression that you do too. I do as well. Uh, on these hypothetical bouts, who is the other guard that you've you put in as the the starter in the East? So, I mean, full disclosure, I haven't actually done this exercise formally, um, but you're, uh, on the spot, like I've been debating between when I do think about it between Thomas and Wall. Like I do, in my heart of hearts, I think Wall is the more impactful player uh, on both ends. Uh, I think maybe I'd go Thomas by a hair this year just because of what he means to that team, uh, how he can carry that team for, uh, you know, huge portions of the games, particularly the quote-unquote clutch times. And and it's just, uh, it goes beyond, like, strictly performance. Like, like what he's doing for the size of player he is, it's like it's one of the things all – I'm, I'm sure unless something changes, I'll remember most about this year. And I sort of think like that sort of, that sort of 
you know, narrative and should, to an extent, come into an all-star game, which is, you know, it's not just rewarding the 24 best players, but, but also symbolically representing the first half of the season to an extent. And I think, you know, I love John Wall. I think he's great. But Thomas has had sort of the transcendental maybe half season and the season that we didn't think was possible. So I think I'd go Thomas uh, against some of my more sane impulses. Uh, I, I like very sense. much that as you were dropping your first hot take in the history of the Raptors Reasonless podcast, sirens went off behind you. It was the hot take alarm. <laughs> well, uh, the street I live on, a main thoroughfare in Toronto, uh, yeah, frequently I, I, has that alarms. I, I agree that they're really close. Uh, I went with John Wall in my hypothetical. I had said on a podcast, Thomas, and then I kind of looked at the numbers more, and the fact that the Celtics are better with him off the floor, um, and I know there's a ton of caveat there because the same thing happens with DeRozan, and the Raptors are not better yeah. off with DeRozan or anything, uh, but Wall's impact is so pronounced through the numbers and everything, but I wouldn't fault anyone. Um, I wouldn't fault anyone if they had DeRozan in that spot either, given the like immense yeah. workload that he's worked under, but Thomas has done basically this put up the similar numbers even more efficiently um and with obviously you know fewer natural maybe not gifts but DeRozan you know DeRozan has size and DeRozan's amazing um not that Thomas yeah. isn't but Thomas obviously with his diminutive stature um would you have DeRozan then this is like this is the splittingest of splitting hairs but I think the official reserve ballot has two front two backcourt three front court, and two wild card um would you have DeRozan in your guards or would you drop him all the way to a wild card inclusion? <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think he'd be there with wall as my two guards and then, uh, Kyrie and, and Kemba Walker would likely be my wild cards. Okay. This is good. We, uh, we agree for the most part, but we have wall and Thomas flipped. The, the concern obviously with this podcast is going to be that we agree too often. Um, so let's do, let's check the front court players in the East too. Uh, most people I've seen agree: LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the the front court spots in the starters. Do you have anything different there? No, um, I think Jimmy. I, I, I was as I was writing or editing and writing my my Powell piece yesterday. I had uh, no. This was the day before the 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 Bulls. Who did they play on Sunday? Played. Anyway, Jimmy Butler is incredible down the final few minutes, and it, it's nothing we haven't seen as as Toronto Raptors observers. He like dived on the floor for to intercept an inbound pass, even though they were already two possessions up uh, with like four or five seconds to go. He means so much to that team, uh, and he's uh, if he is not starting behind the likes of. I don't know who's the best bet, Kevin Love, to to surpass him. I think uh, people aren't paying attention. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the, you know, ten or fifteen best players in the league, and uh, should totally on merit should be starting in the All Star game. I got bad news for you. He's not going to. Um, Joel Embiid is definitely going to jump uh, Kevin Love for that third spot. Oh yes, I forgot about Joel Embiid, um, and. Uh, how could I forget about the process? 
Yeah. So this is this is perhaps to me the most interesting question on the All Star ballot. Um, you get to then the three front court spots we have left in the East. You could go uh, Paul Millsap, Paul George, Kevin Love. Uh, if you wanted to get fun, Kristaps Porzingis, Jabari Parker's in the mix there with the season he's had. There are a couple other names you could throw out there. Um, you know, Tristan Thompson's ranking pretty well in the votes, and obviously Cleveland is very good. But Joel Embiid is firmly in the mix there too, and he's probably based on you know the the momentum over the last couple of weeks and the the bump from Triple H of all people. Uh, it seems like Joel Embiid is probably going to start. If he didn't start, um, can you make the case for him? On the bench, when there are names like Millsap, Love, George, and Jabari Parker, and, and anyone else you might like uh, around him, is he is he on the team for you? Well, the thing that gives me pause is just the sheer number of minutes. Like, minutes matter, and he was on the restrictions, especially earlier in the year. And I haven't looked at the minutes numbers recently, but when you have guys that have played closer to a full season and have contributed to winning teams uh, that matters. On the other hand, we've all seen the on-off numbers for uh, Joel Embiid and the Sixers, the suddenly streaking Philadelphia 76ers. The, you know, that might make the Raptors game in Philadelphia on Wednesday a bit more complicated because, you know, there's seven of nine. Uh, there's one seven of nine, I should say. Uh, so, the case can be made, and uh, I, again, I, I should have actually done my ballots beforehand. Yeah, you I, knew we were doing this. Wow, well, you just told me specifically now that, like, just before we came on, that I was doing it. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Uh, I think I'd have love in in over him. Um, I think he'd get on. I think he'd be one of my three front court players. Um, maybe love Paul George and and him uh, snubbing the likes of Jabari Parker, perhaps. And uh, Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap, uh, future Toronto Raptor. I had MB bumping Paul George. Actually, I know George is great. Um, I just, you know, he hasn't been quite at that level, and the Pacers haven't been quite at that level. Embiid for me, I mean, he's to me everything the All-Star game is supposed to be about. He's so much fun. He's a young rising star. Um, he's really embracing the kind of spectacle of it. You know that on court it would be a lot of fun to have him out there. Um, he's going to be the only thing even resembling a center on, on the team. Uh, and then I know yeah. you mentioned the minutes. He's only played 709 minutes. He's only played in 28 games here at the midway point. Uh, but in those 28 games and in those limited 25 minutes a game, 19.7 points, 7.7 .7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2.4 blocks, shooting 46% overall and 35% on threes. Um, he's absolutely maximized uh, a small role as much as you possibly could. Um, and he's, I mean, you talk about the Sixers winning streak. He's turned the Sixers around from not just a team that everyone circles as a victory, but a team that people are starting to circle as a league pass team and a team you need to tune in to see. And he's... You know, he's become Joel Embed because he's all over Vine all the time. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And when it comes to a tiebreaker like that where a number of names are close, I'm going to I'm gonna skew fun. And Joel Embiid is the most fun thing in basketball right now, I think. Yeah, and I think that goes back to uh, sort of my case for Thomas over Wall, right? Like, what are you... Except in your case it's wrong basis? and in my case it's right. Sure. But yeah, there, there is that. But uh, aside from that, it, it, like, 
it's been like his presence has been magnetic and he certainly has the numbers to back it up. The only question is whether he has the minutes to back it up and how much of a stickler for that you're going to be. And uh, again, I can see both cases. And uh, but do I want Joel Embiid livening up like what is generally a pretty boring game? I sure do. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? So uh, we got a number of questions. We only have about four minutes left here. Um, did any? I know I'm hosting, but did any of the questions stand out to you as something you really want to talk about? Because we got a bunch, and we're only going to be able to get to maybe one. Yeah, uh, before that, uh, quick two-minute pitch. You're more of a 905 guy than I am. Does it? What does it mean for the Ra- Raptors 905 to be hosting the, uh, the D-League Showcase this week? Uh, okay, does so we have a question anything? here from uh, Eric Kareen. That's E. Kareen on yeah. Twitter. Uh, yeah. What does it mean for the 905 to be hosting the Showcase? Uh, it's a huge thing for the organization. The Raptors 905 are only in their second year of existence. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, Wednesday to Sunday at Hershey Center is the D-League Showcase. All 22 D-League teams will be here. Um, execs from all 30 NBA teams are expected to be here um, watching, scouting, having like a mini, you know, a mini exec summit a month ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, it's a big deal. This is the first time in five years that it hasn't been on the West Coast. Um, the NBA has generally stuck to places like Santa Cruz for it where it's been successful. And, you know, it, there was probably some hesitance to move it after the you know given the inertia and all so the raptors 905 really really pushed to get this in year two they really pushed to do it at the hershey center in their own facility um it says a lot about the organization and the people that the raptors have put in place with the 905 that they were able to get it done and convince the league that it's uh you know this is a a place that they can hold an event this this big and it's a really important event to the league 10-day contracts can now be signed most nba teams won't assign players so this is a, a legitimate showcase of the of the d-league talent who's available to teams um it's a big deal and it kind of continues the momentum the raptors organization has had where they pushed through this d-league team really quickly they got this state-of-the-art bio steel center that everyone who comes to town is amazed by they locked down the all-star game now they've locked down the d-league showcase um these things are all important they don't they're not tangibly important where you know kevin durant is a free agent he says well the raptors are having the d-league showcase but these all build organizational equity, and that's really important for maintaining success over the long term. It's important for attracting um, good people in the front office. And you saw this offseason, Masai Ujiri changed his title to allow Jeff Weltman and Bobby Webster to get a bump in title. Um, it, it just allows you to have this kind of continuous feeling that the organization is in good hands and going in the right direction. And people around the league absolutely see this. It's going to help you attract non-court talent. You know, the better a reputation a team has, if you can get into the conversation as a Spurs-like franchise, um, that will eventually trickle down on the court as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun event. I'm probably going to spend three or four days there in Mississauga o- over the rest of the week, and it should be should be a lot of fun. I think if anyone's listening and cares to go, tickets are pretty reasonably priced. The Raptors play Wednesday at 12.30 and Friday night at 8.30, I think. Um, yeah, Eric, will, will, I, will I see you there? Are you catching a ride with me tomorrow? Uh, I believe so, but don't hold me to that. I'll talk to you later in the day. Okay. Um, as, as for very good answer, by the way. Thank you. Very reasonable. Um, quickly, and let's keep it light with the fan questions. And please remember to hashtag Raptors Reasonablist because it makes it harder when you don't, and most people didn't this week. Uh, very important word to spell, so make sure you, well, you spell that correctly. Yeah, it's not even a word. Well, should we just like hash? Should we shorten the hashtag to Raps Weave? Nah, like, let's leave it as is. Yeah. It eats a lot of characters, anyway, which makes people ask briefer questions too. 
Yeah. Should Drake's credentials be revoked? Uh, this comes from Romeo, Romeo Montague. Should Drake's credentials be revoked for not voting for Lowry and DeRozan? Uh, first of all, I don't think he has credentials. He only has a title as global brand amb- ambassador. Uh, I don't think he's credential. Does he like, I'm trying to picture when I've seen him in, in the bowels of the Air Canada Center. Is he wearing anything around his neck other just than... His, just his face. Is, yeah. Yeah. Do you wear your face around your neck? No, but on top of your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're both on team strip Drake of global ambassador and give it to Carly Rae Jepsen. I think like without that, um, even without this controversy, this huge massive controversy, uh, I would campaign for that. Um, Drake's been at one Raptors game this year, man. Like, what brand is he ambassador? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, We like to kid about Drake. Uh, It's honestly not a thing, I think, that matters very often. I do think if you're going to have this relatively meaningless title, you could probably afford to throw a tweet or Do they count Instagram votes? No? They do not. So this was the issue last year. He posted it on the last day on Instagram. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will say, though, that Drake you know, has been on a bit of a social media break. He hasn't tweeted since November 20th. So if there's a silver lining, uh, he, must, he, he might be in the studio. He must be in the lab. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe you'll get that. He is posting weird pictures of himself and, like, face mapped with Barack Obama and stuff. So uh, on Instagram. But, yeah. yeah, maybe he's in the studio. We can hope. Um. So let's not uh, let's not strip him of the title yet, but he's uh, he's on he's on the list. He's uh, he's being watched. Oh yeah, he just made the list. Uh, if anyone gets that reference, yeah, let me know. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> also also notable, Drake a free agent after this season. Global ambassador deal runs out. So uh, maybe this is maybe he didn't want to. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's something after Drake night. I, yeah, I yeah. snuck that into a, a column. Yeah, his his deal's up after this year. So yeah, um, and that's uh, it's a big cap hit. Yeah. Um, okay, Eric. Any parting shots before we let you go? Um, if you are walking outside in Toronto on Tuesday, be careful, guys. It's icy. <laughs> good. Good you advice. So, Thanks uh, so much. Very reasonable yeah, like, advice. Be careful when it's icy outside. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you have to have like a major NBA event in Toronto without the weather being kind of weird and not just like blandly cold and winterish it has to be like potentially dangerous yeah the coldest day in uh, that, 25 that, years last year for all-star weekend this will be fine though. yeah yeah just you know a few slip and falls maybe our government will get sued for not properly uh maintaining sidewalks it'll be good all right. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Eric. We'll uh, we'll talk to everyone again next Tuesday on the Raptors Reasonableist Podcast. If only to be a reasonable man.